Hello, hello, my dearest of friends. Welcome back after what was probably the longest week of your life. Without an episode of Internal Budget, well, good news. The podcast is back. It's Brandon Mackey, staff writer for Silver7Sends.com here with you. And boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. It has been a crazy week slash weekend in Sendsland. But first of all, I really hope you had a Merry Christmas. I hope your holidays are going absolutely fantastic. I hope you've gotten some time with your family, with loved ones, just doing the things that make you happy. There has been a tragic shortness, shortage of happiness in 2020, and as this year, this horrible, disgusting, awful year draws to a close, my hope is that you are finding a little bit of peace during these difficult times. But let's not talk about that. Let's not dwell on that. It is the happiest time of year. And that is because the World Junior Hockey Championship is in action. I know you all have been watching. You've been engaging with me and so many others on Twitter. And it has just been fun. The discourse. It has been great to talk hockey again. And what better hockey to talk about than that which relates to the Ottawa Senators. And in this case, it revolves around their number three overall draft pick, Tim Stutzla, who is coincidentally the captain of Team Germany. And it is finally official. Finally, after what feels like forever, Tim Stutzla is locked in, pen to paper, or pen to iPad more accurately, And he is an Ottawa Senator. He officially signed his three-year entry-level contract on Sunday worth an AAV of $925,000 a year. Not that it matters. And look, what did I say? You would do well to learn by now that Brandon is always right. I said there there was no doubt in my mind that Tim Stutzla would be in Ottawa this season. That the imminent heat death of the sun tomorrow would shock me less than Tim Stutzler going back to Germany for this season. And his German club, Adler Mannheim, and the Ottawa Senators, they waited until the NHL situation was figured out. It makes sense. Again, I've said it before, but Mannheim is looking out for their best interest. They want to make sure that they have control of their asset in the event that the NHL does not play this season, but the NHL is going to play this season. And pretty much as soon as we had details about that, Tim Stutzler was signed, and it was the right time to get the contract done. It's done. Book it. Tim Stutzler will be in Ottawa for training camp whenever his World Junior Championship is done, and we will get to that in a sec. But, you know, the minor details, housekeeping about the contract itself... There is a seven-game ELC slide this year, and what that means is Tim Stutzler can play six NHL games before burning the first year of his entry-level contract. So if for whatever reason the Ottawa Senators didn't want Tim Stutzler in Ottawa after the first six games, they could send him to Belleville, or he could be returned to Adler-Mannheim. And from my understanding, the holdup around getting the contract done was Adler-Mannheim wanting that clause that Stutzler could go back to Germany in the event that Ottawa didn't want him for the season. But I see no scenario where Tim Stutzler won't be in Ottawa all season. I think the Senators are eager to get him in there with this core. 
<clears throat> excuse me, eager to get him acclimated to the American game, playing with his new teammates, and in essentially what's a in what is essentially a 56 game preseason, getting him ready to go for the team making a serious playoff push next year. And as far as his performance as the world junior champion goes, there was a lot of intrigue around this, around how Tim Stutzler was going to play when he got to the actual tournament. And it makes sense. You're talking about a player who's playing meaningful hockey has been seriously sidelined due to the COVID-19 pandemic, as it has been for so many players, both professionally and amateur but on top of that, you had Stutzla suffer the hand injury. Sorry if you can hear my mic clunking around here. My setup's a little janky over the holidays. It'll be back to normal soon. Regardless, the hand injury, the surgery that put him out for a period of two months, there were questions about how he was going to look conditioning-wise, how he was going to look physically. What was Tim Stutzla going to look like when he got on the ice for the World Juniors? And man, oh man... Has he not disappointed? Uh, a Germany squad that is depleted by some unfortunate incidences regarding COVID-19. They've struggled through the first three games of the tournament. Uh, they lost to Finland. They lost big to Canada. And they lost to Slovakia. Or sorry, they beat Slovakia in overtime. So they're 1-2. and two. They're exhausted. They're overmatched. But Tim Stutzla has stood out. Head and shoulders above the rest. And he's got some great teammates. Paterka looks amazing. Florian Eliash has looked really good. But you're talking about Tim Stutzla. He has three goals and two assists through three games. That is nuts. He scored a gorgeous goal against Finland. It was really special. It was a tough shot. The pass was in front of him. He was literally on one leg, and he somehow managed to uncork this shot off his front foot, put it past the goaltender, and man, what just the offensive awareness, the physical ability and wherewithal to make a play like that, that is special stuff. That doesn't come around in every player that gets drafted or that makes the NHL. So that was amazing to see, especially coming off the injury. And his game against Canada was solid. It's hard to find bright spots in a game where you lose 16-2. But he was impressive. He stood out, made plays in both ends of the ice. The kid plays physical. He sent Bowen Byram, who's no slouch, flying into the Canadian bench, over the boards, the whole ball of wax. That was something that I don't think a lot of people expected to see. From Stutzla. We know he plays hard and he has a lot of passion and he wants to win desperately. But he plays with a almost a reckless abandon. I underestimated the physical aspect of his game. So that's been a real treat to watch. And against Slovakia, Tim Stutzla took over. He took over. He scored the first goal, which was a beautiful deflection. Scored the second goal in what was an insane end-to-end rush on the power play. Danced around three different skaters. And yeah, he got some puck luck with it, with it going in off a defender. But the fact that he was able to get down the ice and get such a clean shooting opportunity in such a short amount of time, weaving through an entire penalty kill unit. Again, this is talent that doesn't come around every day. Tim Stutzla is not your everyday talent. This is a special player. I believe, actually, we had someone... 
in the Silver 7 comment section, and I'm not putting anyone on blast here. Everybody has their opinions. They have a right to their opinion and their assessment of a player. It's fine. There's no need to get upset about it. We've had enough toxic discourse for the year. But they said that Tim Stutzler is an average skater and that I believe the exact wording was Alex Formanton is fast. Tim Stutzla is not. I think he proved every wrong, everyone wrong with that play alone. Anybody who subscribes to the idea that Tim Stutzla is anything less than an exceptional skater and anything short of fast got proven wrong on that rush alone. He has not missed a step since the injury. He is ready to rock for January. Selfishly, I hope he gets to Senator's camp as soon as possible. Uh, I, I That can't be helped on my part. But I believe he could be there as soon as the end of January. Rather, Germany could be done their tournament as soon as the end of January. Sen's camp starts on the 31st. I'm not aware of any quarantine restrictions that would have to be met in order to get Stutzla on the ice. But he's going to be in Ottawa to start the season. I see no reason why he wouldn't play in Ottawa for the entirety of the season. And fans should expect to see a heavy dose of Tim Stutzla this year. And his power play performance alone, the Senators are notoriously bad at zone entry on the power play. They have been for years. Tim Stutzla looks like he could solve that problem on day one. Just with raw talent. Now, will he? I don't know. But this is a boost that the Senators need. They are desperate for some serious high-end skill. And that's what they have in this player. That's what they have in Tim Stutzler. It's that rare air, high-end of the draft skill. I don't want to make crazy projections for this kid's career. I don't want to compare him to any current players or past players. But this is a special talent. This is a talent that the Senators haven't drafted in a long time. And the fact that they have him now, that he's so close to being in Ottawa, that he's going to be there for this season, it is so damn exciting. I am so excited to watch Tim Stutzla play for the Ottawa Senators. And you would think based on how the rest of the offseason has gone, that this would have been the entirety of Sen's news for the week, and for the weekend, at least. Especially considering Pierre Dorian said not long ago that Ottawa's roster was probably set for the upcoming season, that what you see is what you're going to get, and that Preparations are being made with the group in place. And then, like a bolt from the blue, late Saturday night, it comes through. It had been rumored. Sean Simpson from TSN had mentioned it, I believe, last week. I had heard the name thrown around as early as the summer uh, in a few different discussions. But it's official. The Ottawa Senators traded a 2021 second round pick, Columbus's second round pick to be exact, to the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for Derek Stepan. I wrote a piece for Silver 7 
and I explained this probably in better depth than I'm going to verbally. But there are a couple reasons that I like this trade. For one, the Sens have two other second rounders in 2021. And both, being San Jose's pick and their own pick, figure to be lower than what Columbus's pick will be. So you could argue that the Senators didn't really give up a whole lot of substance. For a 30-year-old center whose real money cap hit is going to be $2 million, who had 28 points last year. Is a second-round pick a little steep on the surface? Yes, I will grant you that. But there is more that plays into this trade, which makes me see it as a win. Now, Ottawa obviously recouped a second-round pick later in the day on Sunday, and we will get to that as well. But here's what I see in Derek Stepan. I see a guy with tons of NHL experience, over 700 games played. Over 100 Stanley Cup playoff games played. A visit to a Stanley Cup final. A perennial of 40 to 60 point guy. Maybe 60s on the high end. It's usually mid 50s is was what he topped out at. An asset like this is invaluable to a young rebuilding team. The Ottawa Senators, for the last two going on three years have been absolutely caved in by the rest of their NHL competition. This team, though they've been competitive and they've been feisty, they have lost a lot of games. They're likely going to lose a lot of games this year as well. At a certain point, it's not just about putting talent on the ice. You need to build a culture of winning. Josh Norris, Logan Brown, if you put these players on the ice, they can be as talented as as they want. But if you've created a losing atmosphere where these players are going into every game half expecting to lose, you're not going to win a lot of hockey games. So now you bring in a guy like Stepan, who is rave coaches, organization fans, everyone who has been near this guy loves him. You bring in somebody who knows how to win who knows what it takes to have long-term NHL longevity. And now, you have him rub off on these kids. He plays center. He can teach nuances of the game both on and off the ice to players like Stutzla, players like Josh Norris, players like Logan Brown, and the best part about it is he is excited to do so. Derek Stepan has repeatedly articulated especially recently that he's excited to be playing for a young team he's excited at the opportunity to teach young kids the ropes and he is excited about being an ottawa senator this is an invaluable resource for what the senators paid they essentially gave up an expendable pick that they got back later anyway for a guy with a bevy of nhl experience on a two million dollar cap hit who can play up and down the lineup And the other part of the equation, and again, this is something I'll touch on later, this season is going to be a grind. People are grossly underestimating how much rotation there's going to be in NHL lineups this year. There's going to be a lot of back-to-backs, triple headers, a lot of travel. It's a tough stretch of 56 games. It's a shortened schedule, but it's probably tougher all in all than an 82-game season. At the very least, it's just as tough. 
So now you have a guy who is not going to block prospects. Guys will be in, guys will be out. Players like Norris, players like Brown, Formington, Balser, Schlopik, they're all going to get their looks. But now you don't have to play them every night. You don't have to put put them through a meat grinder in what is likely going to be a lost season in which the Senators finish, if not last, then near the bottom of the division. So in what's going to be a tough year, you have a veteran presence who can play up and down the lineup and can prevent your kids from getting shelled. doesn't matter if 30-year-old Derek Stepan gets caved in on a nightly basis. He's been there before. It matters if Josh Norris is getting caved in. It matters if Logan Brown is getting caved in. Having Step step on him. <laughs> He's German now in my mind. Having step on is a safety valve. And at worst, you can flip him. Maybe you don't get a second round pick back, but you'll get something back. Other than the second round pick you've already added. And step God, I'm still doing it. Tim Stutzler is <laughs> gonna drive me nuts in a linguistic sense for the next However long he's an Ottawa senator. Hopefully it's a long time. Stepan is confident that he can regain some of his offensive production in Ottawa. And I think so too. You have young play drivers in the likes of Brady Kachuk. Oh, Lord. I need to go to bed. Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla. He's not playing on an Arizona team that it's where it's defensively structured, relying on goaltending, relatively anemic at times. The Ottawa Senators will be nothing if not exciting this season. Stepan will get more opportunities. Brady Kachuk will create offense. Tim Stutzla will create offense. And he'll pile on more points. And the Senators can make a decision from there. I would think they lean towards trading him at the deadline rather than keeping him. But who knows? Maybe you really luck out and get a first-round pick for the guy. This is a good move for the Ottawa Senators. I really don't see a way that it hurts. It's not a waste of a second-round pick when you have two more and you already got one back for 2022. So I like the move. I think the veteran presence is much needed. I don't think he's going to block a prospect. And I think in what is going to be a damn difficult season... Derek Stepan is going to be a reliable resource both on and off the ice for Ottawa's young players. This is the kind of guy you acquire to teach you how to become a contender. And I think Stepan will serve that purpose to a T. And I've alluded to it a million times now, but that wasn't the only trade the Senators made this weekend. I had to write not one not two, not three, but four separate articles on Sunday. I am tired, man. Like, I was going to find Pierre Dorian's number somewhere in the yellow pages and tell, give him a call and tell him to go to bed. I'm going to text him on his iPad and tell him to go to bed so I can go to bed. But another trade that I like, maybe I'm overly optimistic, but this one made a lot more sense to me. It may have even made more sense than the Stepan trade, to tell you the truth. The Ottawa Senators completed a trade with the cash-strapped Tampa Bay Lightning. The Ottawa Senators sent Marion Gabrick, who's obviously going to be on long-term injured reserve again this year, and Anders Nilsson, who unfortunately 
is going to be on long-term injured reserve as well. Uh, those two players were shipped to Tampa. And <clears throat> before we move on here, I really do want to send my best to Anders Nilsson. As someone who has been through concussion, post-concussion syndrome, who knows what it's like to feel like a stranger in your own body and for it to get increasingly hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, never knowing if you're going to feel normal again, I want to send my best to him because I've been down that road. It's not a fun place to be. And on the off chance that you're listening, Anders, it gets better. There is healing that will come. Stay positive. Keep your head up. Good things will happen. You will regain your normal day-to-day life again. My best wishes to you. Like I said, I know it's going to happen for you just like it happened to me. Just keep doing the work, keep doing all the right things, and you will get there, sir. Um, and again, you know, again, on the off chance you're listening, if you need any suggestions on resources or anything like that, even though you have world-class people around you, my DMs are open. Those two guys are going to Tampa. In return, the Ottawa Senators received defenseman Brayton Coburn, forward Cedric Paquette, and as previously mentioned numerous times, a 2022 second round pick. If you're confused about this, Ottawa essentially traded cap space for two depth players and a second rounder. Can never have too many picks. Uh, They can be used as trade chips. They can be used as selections, any number of things. The two players that they got back are interesting, though, because they are not blow-your-doors-off NHL players by any stretch of the imagination. Coburn is probably best suited as a bottom-pairing defender. Paquette is probably best suited as a fourth-line forward. So people kind of freaked out initially, a few of them at least, saying, well, look at them blocking their prospects from getting a shot in the lineup. Um, I don't think... Braden Coburn and Cedric Paquette are going to be everyday NHLers. It's like I said before. This is an unprecedented season. There are a lot of complications. It is going to be a grind. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be COVID cases. There's going to be a lot of man games lost. And with that four to six man taxi squad, you have an opportunity to use that on depth players and have your young kids not sit on what's essentially a practice squad not playing meaningful games if josh norris doesn't make the team he can play in belleville alex formanton can play in belleville abramov balsers whoever these guys can play in belleville not having to sit on a practice squad it's going to be saved for guys you know are nhlers who can slot in on the back half of a back-to-back or in what's going to be a tough physical game that you want to get some kids out of. That is where the usage of Braden Coburn and Cedric Paquette is going to come in. These are the types of trades Ottawa should be making. They're two guys on expiring deals who, if they perform even solidly, again, you can flip them at the deadline. You get a second-round pick back. And all you've given up was two guys on long-term injured reserve. All you've given up is your cap space, which you have a wealth of if you're the Ottawa Senators. This is the exact type of move that the 
Sens should be making. It is a move that is going to make them a better team in the long run. And it's something I hope we see more of. Paquette's a decent player. Coburn's a decent player. They're taxi squad guys. But the second round pick is what matters. So this weekend, the Senators signed their top prospect, acquired a solid veteran depth player, and two other depth players, and a second round pick for virtually nothing. I am optimistic about the Ottawa Senators going into this season. We're going to get another episode in before then. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do the fan segment this week. I hope we're going to get back to it next week. Again, things are complicated over the holidays. This may be a little bit of a shorter episode, but I hope it was a good one. I feel like it was. You guys let me know how you feel. Thank you so much for listening to episode 47 of Internal Budget. Please make sure you like the podcast, share it with your friends, download, subscribe, rate five stars, all those fun things. They go a long way. They are greatly appreciated. Please continue to stay healthy, stay safe, and we will catch you next week for episode 48. Take care, y'all.